in order. Mrs. Middleton, spinster daughter of a curate and fallen on hard times, the Mrs. was a courtesy title, smoothed down her best black silk gown with nervous fingers. I do wonder what Lord Guy will be like, she said, for what seemed like the hundredth time. He must have settled in his ways, although he is not married, said Rainbird, the butler, his sparkling grey eyes set in his comedian's face, darting here and there to make sure everything was in order. I looked up the peerage. He is thirty-five, long past sowing his wild oats. I wonder if he is handsome, said Alice dreamily. Alice, the housemaid, was a beautiful blonde, slow-moving and languorous. I wish he wasn't bringing his own servant, said Joseph the footman in his mincing affected tones. Strange servants cause trouble, if you ask me. Nobody asked you, you clown, snapped Rainbird, who had contracted a hopeless passion two years before for a visiting's lady's maid and had not yet got over it. Unabashed, Joseph picked a piece of lint from his velvet sleeve and went on, Besides, I think it is not quite the thing to have all of us to greet him. He looked contemptuously at Lizzie and Dave, who were waiting to take their places at the bottom of the reception line. You disgust me, you jessamy, growled Angus MacGregor, the fiery-tempered Highland cook. Lizzie is more of a lady than you'll ever be a gentleman. Lizzie, the scullery maid, looked distressed. She had fallen in love with the footman when she had first arrived, and loved him still, although she was not blind to his faults. Mayhap his servant will be a great soldier brute, said Dave cheerfully, who likes picking fights with footmen. Don't, said Lizzie, distressed. We've hardly quarrelled all winter. Don't let's start now. Silly Lizzie, said quick and dark Jenny, the chambermaid. We're all that excited, and this is the first winter we've passed where we've all had enough to eat and enough coals to warm us. I know we're going to have a wonderful season. What's the matter now, Liz? she demanded crossly, seeing a shadow lurking in the little scullery maid's eyes. You ain't gone and have one of your premonitions. I only feel, said Lizzie cautiously, that a gentleman who has spent all of his youth in battle, won't want a quiet life. Shouldn't have taught her to read and write, jeered Joseph. Education addles the brain. He had taken to picking on Lizzie of late, a nasty habit everyone thought he had given up. I will, said Angus MacGregor. You're the most addled brain here, and you can barely read a book. Said Rainbird, I hear a carriage approaching. They all fell into line. Rainbird threw open the door, but the carriage went on past. Not yet, he said, disappointed. I wonder what's keeping his lordship. I suppose we had best be on our way, said Lord Guy Carlton regretfully, putting down his empty glass. He and his friend, Mr. Tommy Roger, nicknamed the Jolly Roger, had stopped to take some refreshment.
No, hurry, said Mr. Roger. Let's have another bottle. You look as fit as a flea, Guy. If the Colonel could see you now, he'd have you posted back on the next ship. Go back when I'm ready, said Lord Guy lazily. Another bottle it is. That fever was the best thing that happened to us for ages. I don't know about you, but it made up my mind for me. Thought you'd never leave the battlefield, you old war horse, said Mr. Roger affectionately. You swore you'd fight on until you saw the last of Boney. Don't know how you stood it all these years. Don't know either, agreed Lord Guy amiably. He pulled a pretty serving maid onto his lap, kissed her on the lips, and told her to bring another bottle of the best. The girl went off giggling. Don't waste your energies on serving maids.